0: In this presentation, we'll take a look at adjustments to qualified education expenses related to the lifetime learning credit. This information can be found in publication 970. Adjustments to qualified education expenses. For each student, reduce the qualified education expenses paid by or on behalf of that student under the following rules. The result is the amount of adjusted qualified education expenses for each student tax-free educational assistance for tax-free educational assistance received in 2018 reduced the qualified education expenses for each academic period by the amount of tax-free educational assistance allocated to that academic period. So in that case we might get something like uh, some free some money that we didn't have to include in income. Hopefully this would be reported in the 1098 T for us, which would give us the amount that was paid for things like tuition and whatnot and then it may also give us the amount that was paid to us or paid for non-taxable items such as scholarships possibly and then when we when we figure the amount of the expense that might qualify for the credit we would have to subtract those two out we can't use the money that was tax free as an expense because of course again we didn't have to include it in income hopefully this would be given to us on the form uh, 1098-t provided by the institution back to the text some tax-free educational assistance received after 2018 may be treated as a refund or qualified education expenses paid in 2018. this tax-free educational assistance is any tax-free educational assistance received by you or anyone else after 2018 for qualified education expenses paid on behalf of a student in 2018 or attributed to enrollment at an eligible educational institution. In other words you can imagine a situation where we had uh, 2018 expenses possibly that were paid for and then we've got the assistance sometime in 2019. So we have a bit of a timing issue. We'll talk more about how to deal with this shortly. But if you think about this just from a logical standpoint, we would think if we had education expenses in 2018 and we knew that we were going to receive uh, payments for them, money for them, which would mean, which would disqualify us or meaning we would have to reduce the amount of education expenses we had once we received those payments if they were received in 2018. In other words, if we know about those payments and we got paid them before we filed our tax return, then you would think that we would just uh, reduce the amount of qualified expenses uh, in 2018 even though we didn't receive the refund amount till 2019 because it was related to 2018 expenses so if we get paid in 2019 before we file our tax return then we can kind of know that if on the other hand we have the credit we figure the credit and then we get a refund in 2019 for items of education expenses that we had took out credit for in essence kind of improperly because we didn't know we would have the refund in 2019, then we may have to make some type of adjustment. We end up paying back the amount that we took for the credit related to the expenses that weren't really expenses for us because we got money back for them. In other words, we would have overcalculated the credit based on expenses that should not have been there because we got refunded for them. And then we'd have to make the adjustment for that. Back to the text. Tax-free educational assistance includes tax-free part of scholarship and fellowship grants, tax-free part of Pell Grants, and employer-provided educational assistance, veterans educational assistance, and any other non-taxable payments received as educational assistance. So when we think about the tax-free educational assistance, what we're thinking about is, what type of uh, payments did we get to the institution, which we don't have to include, In our tax return and therefore we're not paying taxes on it so if we're not paying taxes on it then typically we can't take that that money that we then use to pay for the educational assistance to qualify for credits so these already gave us a tax benefit so these gave us a tax benefit how by basically giving us a form of compensation that we didn't have to report as income on the tax return and therefore didn't pay taxes on it and if that is the case then we can't then take the credit related to the payments for them so obviously the the most common would ones would be the grants here so with the fellowship grants and the pell grants but employer provided educational assistance this is one of the major uh, big benefit you can get from the employer they can provide assistance and by doing that they can give some tax incentives including not including it in the income taxes which means which would be great so it's a great thing to have but in that case then, of course, because it wasn't included in income, once again, can't take the credit related to it. Veteran education assistance, same kind of situation. And any other non-taxable tax-free payments other than gifts and inheritance received. So that's going to cover the, all the other bases for the IRS. Now notice that gifts and inheritance are, are not included here. So if, the, if it was a genuine gift from somebody money to you that you then gave for educational purposes then gifts aren't typically uh something that are going to be included here because they're not really income so when you think of it from a tax standpoint usually everything we get you know money wise from a tax standpoint is going to be income unless the code specifically says otherwise and gifts and inheritance are not typically considered income so therefore if you were gifted money turned around took that money and paid for the educational uh, institution with it then it would typically be an expense for you typically and then could possibly qualify for the education credit back to the text generally any scholarship or fellowship grant is treated as tax-free however a scholarship or fellowship grant isn't treated as tax-free to the extent the student includes it in gross income the student the student may or may not be required to file a tax return for the year the scholarship or fellowship grant is received and either the following are true note here we have this kind of exception so generally scholarship and fellowship grants are treated as tax-free so generally they would be tax-free however they have this exception however a scholarship or fellowship grant is treated as tax-free to the extent the student includes it so it's not tax-free to the extent the student includes it in gross income which indicates that the student might have some leeway to include some of the scholarship or fellowship in income why would a student want that option if there is an option to Basically, either not included in income or included in income. In other words, when would you ever want to include it in income if you don't have to? Because if you include it in income, then you're going to be paying taxes on it typically. Well, if you have the option of including it in income, it might be beneficial to do so if you can then take a credit related to it. Because not including it in income is similar to a deduction. Including it in income means you have to pay or calculate the tax liability. However, you might get a credit which is often worth more than the deduction. So There might be situations where we would actually want to say, I I would rather include it in income if I can, and then calculate the credit related to those expenses. So Just keep that in mind. Back to the text. The scholarship or fellowship grant or any part of it must be applied by its terms to expenses such as room and board other than qualified education expenses as defined in qualified education expenses. Chapter 1. The scholarship or fellowship grant or any part of it may be applied by its terms to expenses such as room and board other than qualified education expenses as defined in qualified education expenses in chapter one. Caution, a student can't choose to include in income a scholarship or fellowship grant provided by an Indian tribal government that is excluded from income under the Tribal General Welfare Exclusion Act of 2014 or benefits provided by an educational program described in Revenue Procedure 2014-35, Section 5.012b2. tip. You may be able to increase the combined value of an education credit if the student includes some or all of the scholarship fellowship grant in income in the year it is received. For example, see coordination with Pell Grants and other scholarships later. So We may look at at some examples related to this, but just keep in mind that we're basically saying you could have an option here in some cases, some special cases, to be able to include it in income or not the grants received and in those cases there might be situations where it might be beneficial to include the money in income and then take the credit so keep that in mind back to the text refunds a refund of qualified education expenses may reduce adjusted qualified education expenses for the tax year or require repayment recapture of a credit claimed in an earlier year some tax free educational assistance received after 2018 may be treated as a refund. See tax free educational assistance earlier. This is that situation where we may have claimed a uh, credit in, say, 2018, and then it got refunded. We got money back for it in 2019, and therefore we overclaimed the credit in 2018, and then we have to have possibly a, a recapture or repayment for it. So you can imagine what happened here is, of course, we figured the credit in 2018. And then we got money for, it, say, a grant or something like that, and that means that we over uh, calculated the credit and would then need to uh, adjust it back to the text refunds received in 2018. For each student figure the adjusted qualified education expenses for 2018 by adding all the qualified education expenses for 2018 and subtracting any refunds of those expenses received from the eligible education institution. So that's going to be our standard procedure. We got here the expenses that qualify and then we're going to subtract out the refunds that we got that then would not be included because they were refunded to us in other words we paid the expense then we got the money refunded by uh income or money that's not included as income and therefore we have to reduce the expenses that might go towards our credit for that back to the text refunds received after 2018 but before your income tax return is filed so in this case we're saying that we had 2018 expenses we got some money back that would be what we'd have to reduce those expenses by because it was tax free money and we got it in 2019 but before we filed the income tax return and and of course intuitively in that case you would think well i you know if i got the money in 2019 but it was for expenses in 2018 then i would have to reduce the amount of expenses i had by the amount that was refunded because it was for 2018 expenses Uh, let's go through the text and take a look at it back to the text if anyone received a refund after 2018 of qualified education expenses paid on behalf of the student in 2018 and the refund is paid before you file an income tax return for 2018 the amount of qualified education expenses for 2018 is reduced by the amount of the refund and that of course would so we're gonna we're gonna fix it in 2018 and that will Redu- that'll make it so we don't have any kind of problems so we're just going to say all right you know the refund maybe it happened in 2019 but it's applied to 2018 we're going to reduce the 2018 expenses for it back to the text refunds received after 2018 and after your income tax return is filed so this is of course the strange situation well what happens if i already filed the tax return i already i already put all the expenses in there figured the credit for it and then the refund happened after i already filed the tax return okay let's take a look at that back to the text if anyone receives a refund after 2018 of qualified education expenses paid on behalf of a student in 2018 and the refund is paid after you file an income tax return for 2018 you may need to repay some or all of the credit so uh, then we're going to have to possibly recalculate the credit right because so now we're gonna have to go back into it and say what would what would the credit have been if we had taken into account the refund reducing the amount of expenses by it calculate that out subtract it to what we calculated before that and possibly then have a have to give back the difference so the credit or recapture if any tax-free educational assistance for the qualified education expense paid in 2018 or any refund of your qualified education expenses paid in 2018 is received after you file your 2018 income tax return you must recapture repay any excess credit you do this by refiguring the amount of your adjusted qualified education expenses for 2018 by reducing the expenses by the amount of the refund or tax-free education assistance you then figure the education credits after 2018 and figure the amount by which your 2018 tax liability would have increased if you had claimed the refigured credit so basically we then refigure it in the right way we take it into account the refund we got and then we have to take a different look at the difference between what we did before and what we did after we did it the right way back to the text include that amount as an additional tax for the year the refund or tax-free assistance was received example you pay nine thousand three hundred dollars in tuition and fees in december 2018 and your child began college in january 2019 you filed your 2018 tax return on february 14, 2019 and claimed the lifetime learning credit of 1860. you claimed no other credits after you filed the return, the child withdrew from two courses and you received a refund of 2900 So the common, common type of scenarios here. So we had the courses, uh, the child withdrew, and the, we actually got a refund, which is, that's not too common. <laughs> we got the money back. But so we got a refund back. So we already took those as expenses and now they, the refund came back. Back to the text. You must figure the 2018 lifetime learning uh, credit using 6,400 of qualified education expenses because we got to reduce it back out, right? So we had the 9,300 minus the 2,900. So now we got to refigure it with the 6,400 because this this amount got refunded of qualified education expenses instead of 9,300. Uh, the figured credit is 1,280, and your tax liability increased by five 580. See the instructions for 2019 income tax return to determine where to include the tax so now we have an added tax f- because of that and then in 2019 we got to figure oh well how, how am i going to put that on the 1040 we'd have to look at the instructions to see how we'd add the tax to the 1040 to show that calculation note here in other situations you might think hey if i got a refund of 2900 why can't i just include that in income and then that'll wash out. right? I got a benefit last year and I'll include it in income this year. We do that with other type of tax things and we do that for example with if we overpay something and we deduct something like a state taxes then we just include the state taxes as income in the following year. You can't do that here because of course the credit is possibly worth more than uh, the income would be and a, a deduction would be. So You can see that if that were the case people might abuse the system by uh, re- recording or going and en- enrolling in courses and then stopping the enrollment afterwards and taking the difference between the benefit of the credit and the and the amount of deduction. In any case next item back to the text tip if you pay qualified education expenses in both 2018-2019 for an academic period that began in the first three months of 2019 and you receive tax-free educational assistance or refund as described above you may choose to reduce your qualified education expense in 2019 instead of reducing your expenses for 2018. so this of course is a nice option if we had the ability if we took the credit in 2018 and then we also took it in 2019 then we may have the option of taking the refunded amount and reducing the amount of the credit calculation in 2019. And you can see how that might even itself out because, of course, now we're taking a credit in both years and it should kind of wash itself out. So, if we over calculated the credit in 2018 and then we we reduced the refund and we under uh, recorded it in 2019 because of that, that would be to, to the IRS kind of the same thing to the same thing apples to apples, as they say, as opposed to like a deduction versus income. Now, if we don't claim a credit in 2019 if we don't have an education credit then we can't do that obviously we can't reduce the amount of expenses for the education credit in 2019 if we don't have the 2019 so if there was a refund due to not going to school anymore and <laughs> do that then, we're, then we might not have uh any credit in 2019 and we couldn't do that so we'd have to recalculate the the 2018 uh credit and possibly have an added tax for it as we saw in the prior present slide Next item, back to the text. Amounts that don't reduce qualified education expenses. Don't reduce qualified education expenses by the amount paid with refunds the student received as payment for services such as wages, a loan, a gift, an inheritance, or a withdrawal from the student's personal savings. So these are items that we don't typically reduce the expense by. So in other words, we have the expenses that were paid to the college. And we said we had to reduce them by certain things, such as the grants and stuff, typically that would be found on the 1098T. But we don't reduce it by other types of things, such as a payment for services, such as wages. So even if they worked at possibly the school or something like that, we're not going to reduce the expenses by uh, the payment for services because typically, if that were the case, the even if they worked for the school this and and they got paid say in education by payment for the education it would be included the value of it possibly in the actual wages possibly on line one of the w-2 so it would be taxable then and not and not something that we would want to exclude and if that were the case then the college probably wouldn't put it on the 1098-t as something that would indicate that it would need to be excluded so it would be pretty straightforward typically a loan so again we might think well i got money and it's not taxable and that's but no you didn't get mo- obviously we didn't get money in that case because we have to pay it back <laughs> so it's just a loan so if we got a, if we got a loan and then took that to pay for the schooling that's different than getting a grant because the grant we're not going to pay back that's like income the loan we're gonna have to pay back plus interest on it so if we got a loan and then paid the money that's not tax-free income that's that and so that's not something that we have to reduce the amount of expenses by and then a gift And inheritance we could think of these as kind of similar things Is going to be money and it's it's not income so that's one kind of exception to the to the general rule that anything we get with no strings attached like a loan that we have to pay back or like work that we had to work for (laughs) then if we just got something for free like a gift or inheritance then that's actually not income and therefore uh, we don't have to include that as something that would reduce the expenses and then a withdrawal from student personal savings clearly that Is and you might think we might think a taxpayer might think well that's something that's on the personal savings of the student and therefore I didn't pay for it but in that case uh, if it was taken if it was paid by the student and the student is a dependent possibly of a parent or something like that then it would still be something that would typically qualify as as an expense and not something we would have to reduce the education expenses by back to the text. Don't reduce their qualified education expenses by any scholarship or fellowship grant reported as income on the student's tax return in the following situations. Uh, The use of the money is restricted by the terms of the scholarship or fellowship grant to costs of attendance such as room and board uh, other than qualified education expenses. So if, if it specifically is there for something that doesn't qualify for the education expenses the use of the money isn't restricted so if the money isn't restricted at all then what you've got is basically uh, money that you can do anything with as opposed to what is typically the case with a grant where it's restricted for educational purposes